Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Amen. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. So if you got your Bibles with you, I'd like for you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. And I'd like to bring a real simple message to you this morning. It'd be called Spirit-led. Spirit-led. How many of you would agree with me? That's an important factor in every believer's life, to be Spirit-led. Word taught and Spirit-led. It goes back to, to something that Brother Hagen imparted to all of the Rhema graduates, I believe, is to, you know, that he would always say, God is looking for strong local churches that are strong in the Word and strong in the Spirit. Now, how many of you know we need a balance there? You can be strong in the Word and not so strong in the Spirit sometimes, or vice versa. You could be strong in the Spirit and not so strong in the Word. So it'd be good for us to be strong in both areas. Amen? And so Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, it reads like this, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So I really want to focus in on the part where it says, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's one thing to be knowledgeable or to be filled with the knowledge of His will. That would mean you know the Word. And I believe you are well taught here. I know you're well taught here. So you do know what the will of God is. You know it is God's will for you to be healed. Would you agree with that? You know that it's God's will for you to prosper. You know that it's God's will for you to be blessed, for your family to be saved. You know, you know, when it comes to the promises of God, they are yes and amen. You know when you have the promise for it, that is the will of God for your life. But it does not just say that we are to be filled with the knowledge of His will. That would be one thing. And that's, you know, that's a great place to start. But here is where the Spirit-led part comes into place, that you are filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That would mean this. You could be filled with the knowledge of His will and not really be educated Spiritually, meaning this, you would not know, uh, you would not have any wisdom about it, and you would not have any spiritual understanding about it. Is that possible? Well, obviously, that's what it says. Otherwise, he wouldn't pray that prayer that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So if you are just filled with the knowledge of his will, you know, you might just kind of make up your own mind about things and just decide in yourself, this is the way that God is going to do it. Have you ever thought that? I remember, you know, that I needed healing and I just thought to myself, well, God is going to do it this way. But you cannot dictate to God how, he's going to do, how He is going to accomplish it in your life. All you need to know is that this is the will of God, but then pray out the will of God of how it is going to be done. You remember Naaman. 
in the Old Testament how that he, as a leper, he came to Israel. He went to see the king. The king sent him to the prophet. He went to the prophet, and he had made up his own mind as to how he was going to receive his healing. He had it in his mind. The prophet is going to come out, and he is going to wave his hand over the place, and I will be healed. And how many of you know it did not happen that way? Because the prophet didn't even bother coming out. He sent his servant, and his servant said, go dip in the, in the river Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. And so what did he do? It did not measure up to his expectation. So in a way you could say he knew what the will of God was, healing, but he had no wisdom or spiritual understanding. Right? He just lacked there. He had made up his mind, this is the way that it is going to happen. And he was so far out that when, when the servant came and told him to go dip in the river, he was upset. And he went back home and said, well, you know, our rivers back in Syria are a lot better than this little dump. <laughs> you know, then this little river flow. So I'm going to go back home. And so thank God he had some people with some sound wisdom around him. He said, you know what? If he would have told you to do something difficult, you would have probably do it. So why don't you just do it? And he did. And he was healed. So it's possible for us to, to, to know the will of God and be stupid about putting it into practice. For instance, some of you probably know that you need more teaching. Right? Or some of you know that you are called to do something. Uh, I would say most people know it, you know, God wants them to serve at a certain, at some type of a level, but you don't know exactly where. So you need wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that's the reason why it is so important for us to be spirit led. Can you see that? It's important for us to be spirit-led, because if you're not, you will make up your own mind, and then when God brings it to you, you might not even recognize it. It might be possible for you to be in faith for your needs to be met, and God might tell you to actually get a job. That's a joke, actually, but you know. <laughs> that might happen, because, because it's, it's in the Word. Or He might tell you, you sow something towards this project. Amen? There's just so many different ways that God is able to, to meet your need. We do know it is His will for, uh, for Him to meet our needs, but we have to become Spirit-led and find out, okay, what are some of those details? Amen? And so you can become Spirit-led in your, in your marriage. How many of you know it's important to know who to get married to? I found my wife because God brought her to me. I did find some of my own. Not wives, but girlfriends back in the days. <laughs> Before we were married. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I was looking for my own. Uh, but, you know, you can't just mess that up. Right? You can even be praying about it. And if you're not spirit-led, you'll pick out your own. And that might be the wrong one. So I'm just so glad that we were both spirit-led and we found each, each other. Amen. You know it's God's will for you. If you want to get married, he will give you somebody. Amen. He'll give you the, the, the right one that you can uh, work with, minister with, you know, build businesses with, whatever you're doing. Praise the Lord. You can be spirit-led in your business. I mean, you know, that'd be a great place to also be spirit-led. You can be spirit-led in your business. So uh, let me go over a few, a few ways that you qualify to become spirit-led. Spirit-led would mean this, that you hear clear. 
Would you agree with that? That you're able to hear clear. So let me give you some points, uh, some scriptures that will help you to become qualified, that you know you're qualified to hear the voice of the Spirit. How many of you would like to know that? That you qualify to hear the voice of the Lord. Because I don't know what it is like in Australia, but I know what it is like in Canada. I often hear people say, I just can't seem to hear the voice of God. I just, you know, I'm just really tone deaf maybe. I'm just really deaf to when it comes to the things of God. I don't really get it. I'm not hearing Him at all. So when you begin to say that, you're actually building faith to not hearing Him. So let me give you some simple, simple scriptures that you can hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. First of all, if you have embraced Jesus as your Lord, you're born again, and God Himself, by in form of the Holy Ghost, has moved on the inside of you. How many of you know that's good news? He has moved in on the inside of you. So right now, God Himself is closer to you than any other human being. Amen. As close as you are to your wife, as close as you may be to your husband, as close as you may be to your kids, God is still closer to you than anyone else in this world because He has moved in on the inside of you. Hallelujah. The Bible says anyone who's born of God or, you know, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, everything is new. Amen. Now, how many of you know this is really important? Because being born again does not just mean that you're going to heaven. I thank God you're going to heaven. But I don't think that's the main reason uh, for us to be born again. Born again really means that you become a candidate. You know, something has happened on the inside of you because of the total annihilation of sin. It's just eradicated. There's just absolutely nothing left of that sin nature so that God, in the form of the Holy Ghost, heaven itself has moved on the inside of you. That's what qualifies you to go to heaven. Isn't that good news? So God has moved in on the inside of you as he said in the old testament even i will dwell with i will dwell in them i will walk in them i will be their god and they shall be my people amen so god is walking in you amen he's not just you know just dormant out there <laughs> he's not just in the basement of your house you know just moved in and just some uh, ob- obscure room he wants to take up residence on the inside of you to such a degree that he is free to walk anywhere that he wants to. He's at home. Amen. That's who he is. So if he is in you at that place, then he's got easy access to you. Would you agree with that? Amen. So you qualify because of that to hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Number two, uh, Not only are you born of God, but now that you're born again, you qualify to become a candidate of the Holy Spirit, or you you become a candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, there was a gentleman, I don't know his last name, but his first name was Cole, Pastor Cole, I would imagine would be a proper name. And, uh, you know, he did just such an awesome job in teaching on the power 
and the importance of praying with other tongues. And so when you're born again, you become a candidate to be filled with the Spirit. And the first evidence of the Holy Ghost is that you begin to speak with other tongues. So not only is God able to speak to you because He lives on the inside of you, but now that the Holy Ghost with His gifts has moved in on the inside of you, He is able to speak through you. Amen? And so sometimes He has a message for the church, but many times there's a message for you personally that you can benefit from. So when you pray in tongues, you speak in tongues a lot, you know, you will have times that the Holy Ghost will begin to talk not only to you, but He will say things through you that you did not come up by yourself. Would it be okay if I give you a few examples of that? Now I have shared that with the students this past week. So if you're a student, please, you know, bear, bear with me. I don't want to bore you. But I believe these are just really, really precious stories that have actually changed my, my life. I remember, uh, you know, one time we always pray on Tuesday afternoons from 12 till 1. We just had a prayer meeting going on with our staff at that time and I'm just praying like just like I'm doing now just on the platform just praying in tongues and uh, you know I just heard myself say very simple uh, there are places to go there are people to see there are things to say and there are things to do now nothing out of the ordinary because actually I've heard other people say similar things as well but when it comes out of your own mouth you believe you more than anyone else Right, so now it, it made an impact on me, and I thought, yeah, that's really good. As a matter of fact, you know, the people around me were blessed by it, and I was blessed by it. And then I went, uh, you know, outside of the prayer room, and how many, you know, you can go from the prayer room, from the spirit, right back into the natural. So I went right back into the natural, and I'm thinking to myself, well, everybody's got places to go. Everybody's got things to say and people to see and things to, to do. So what's the big deal? But you know what? It made me very aware of there are things, there are going to be people in your life that you must meet. Amen. There are people in your life. There are divine appointments. There are people that, are, that have to be in your life that you must meet, either for their sake or maybe for your sake of well, for you to get to the next place. But you cannot orchestrate those things for yourself. Because if you would orchestrate those things for yourself, you would pick the wrong people. Right? You would go by what it looks like. You might think, you know what, there's a guy with a lot of money. He could do me a lot of good. Right? And you just might pick the wrong person for you to be helped to, in, in, your, in your ministry or in your family or in your business. So it'd be really good for you to pray those things out. Amen? And so I became very much aware there are places to go for me specifically. There are people that I must see. There are divine appointments. <laughs> Amen? And there are things to say, and there are, you know, there are special messages that I must bring to certain people or to certain regions, and there are things to do for, for me as well. So a little while later, my daughter-in-law, back then she was not my daughter-in-law, Jamie, uh, yet, you know, she was on the mission field and she just came back from India 
and from Africa, and she said, you know, I've been to all these places, and I've, I've, I really loved it, but there's one place that I would have loved to go, and I didn't get there, which is Gulu, Uganda. And so the minute she said Gulu, Uganda, it just dropped in my spirit. It's like, you know, taking a coin, uh, you know, and you put it in a vending machine, and it just clicks. You just hear that click. If you don't hear the click, you know nothing is going on. <laughs> but if you hear that click, it just, it just sits there, right? So when she mentioned Gulu, Uganda, I just knew I have to go. I must go to Gulu, Uganda. I'd never heard of Gulu. And I Googled it, Googled Gulu, and found out what it is all about, where it is. It's kind of a dangerous place even. And so I phoned some people on, in Africa and said, can you get me there? So I brought a team. And really, you know, when I got there, I tell you what, everything but everything fell apart. So, you know, to a point I'm, I'm even wondering, well, what's happening? What's going on here? You know, did I really hear right? Have you ever been in those places? Did I hear right? Right? Did I hear right? I've, I've had that happen so often. Did I hear right? But, you know, you just stick with it. You know, even starting the church, when Pastor Tony came, actually it was 92, you know, uh, when you listen to the voices around you, man, we were on the, it just seemed like, what are you guys doing? Starting a church in a city that already got about 40 or 50 churches, and who do you think you are starting another one? What difference do you think you can make? And so every time when we got on our knees and we just prayed, we just heard on the inside of us. Thank God for that voice on the inside of us. Amen. You're on the right track. Just keep going. Just keep doing what you're doing. And it all worked out. Anyway, getting back to the story, everything in Gulu fell, fell apart. You know, there were no meetings. There, you know, all the, 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 the campaigns, the miracle campaigns, the pastor's meetings, everything just hopelessly fell apart. And so I didn't really feel good about that at all because I'm bringing a team and they had spent a lot of money, you know, getting there, thinking they're going to do some major mission work. And so now I have to tell them, well, there's nothing here for us to do, so let's just go ahead and do what we would do anyway. It's just go witness one-on-one, -on -one, and that's good, but that was going to be a filler for us. Now it's going to be the main, the main theme, the main attraction. And... Um, you know, so to make a long story short, you know, we, we were sitting around the table at a, at a restaurant and two big black guys came in and they looked around a little bit and they saw us, they, you know, they came right over to us and asked us, are you guys from Canada? Are you the Canadian team that came? Yes. I don't know, still don't know how they found, found out about us, but they heard there was a Canadian team, and so they found us where we were, and they said, would you mind helping us? Because we've got some miracle meetings, some miracle campaigns going on. We've got a few churches that need some pastors. We have, a, uh, we have some leadership meetings, and the, and the people that were supposed to come couldn't make it. Would you be able and willing to help us? We were almost begging us. And so I said, yes. <laughs> yes, you know, on the inside, I'm, I'm doing leaps because, my goodness, that's just what we came for. You see, I would not have been able to orchestrate that. 
Right? And the people who were in charge of it certainly were not able to orchestrate that. Because I had asked them and they said yes, and it all fell, fell apart on us. So now we are doing miracle campaigns. We do a marketplace meetings. We've got churches to go to. Uh, we've got, you know, something else to go to. And we've got leadership meetings taking place. And out of that campaign, just a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we had two brand new churches started. How many of that's good. I, I mean, I had not planned that. That was not in my, uh, on, on, on my menu. I mean, it'd be nice, you know, if it would happen, but this actually happened. Thank God for, for, for the Holy Ghost, who will tell you there are places to go. Not, not only that, but this story is really precious to, to, to me because it just, you know, it just, I just saw, I just saw from in, in my spirit how much God loves people. You know, I, I, I mean, I always kind of knew that. I've always done my utmost to love people like he does. But, you know, when, I, when, when something, when you get in touch with some people and you see God move, it just gives you a whole new appreciation for who he is. God loves people. He loves the human race, you know. He just loves the human race. And, you know, I, I just got such a sense, you know, from, that, from this story. Because, you know, there was a lady just behind the desk where we were staying, and she asked me to fill out the names of all the people on my team we were staying with. And so I'm, as I'm writing, I'm just, uh, I asked her, you know, I said, do you know Jesus? And she went like this to me. I don't want to know you. I don't want to know you, Jesus. I'm a Muslim. I said, well, I said, that's okay. I'm not really fighting about that so much. I said, but you know what? And I said it by the Spirit, Spirit-led. I said it by the Spirit. You know what's going to happen to you? Jesus is going to come, and he's going to make himself real to you. You wait and see. So she rolled her eyes at me like, I'll be, I'll be waiting, she said, you know, real sarcastically. And so uh, I went, I just left and did my work again. And uh, so the next day, which is a Sunday morning, uh, I got a little early to get ready for my messages for that morning, going to get a cup of coffee, maybe some breakfast. She's the manager of the hotel, and so when she saw me getting a cup of coffee, she came up to me and she asked me, can I have a cup of coffee with you? I said, sure. So we're sitting down, and she said, you know what? She said, last night, she said, a man dressed in white came to me, and he said to me, child, follow your heart. Do what your heart says. And I asked him, she said, I, I, I asked him, who are you? And he said to her, I am the living one whom you say you don't know and don't want to know. But I have always known you, and soon you will know me too. Have you seen those people? And he pointed in this, whatever it was, she didn't know a dream or a vision. She said in that dream or a vision, uh, you know, they, these people, he pointed at our team. These people are of my kingdom. Listen to them. And then he left. He, he just, he was gone, she said. Poof. So she asked me, what do I do? I said, well, you must be born again. And so I was able to introduce her, a Muslim lady, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. She knew him as a prophet. And so I was able to explain to her, he is so much more than a prophet. Yes, 
He certainly is a prophet, but he is also the Lord of the human race, the only one who has beaten sin, who has beaten sickness and disease, who has beaten the devil, who has beaten death, you know, in its very own corridor, you could say. So I explained all of these things to her. So she got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, spoken tongues right there, helped us lay hands on the sick the following day, helped us with the mission a couple of years later. Amen. So I came to find out later that she was an Ethiopian woman. And see, that's the nice thing about it as well, because how many of you know when God does something, you know, it doesn't just stop with one thing. It keeps on going. There's a trickle-down effect with it as well. So she explained to me that she was actually a lady, and a refugee from Ethiopia. She had moved to Uganda because it's the only place where she could be safe from her uh, government. And, you know, she was tortured, put in jail, raped, everything that you can imagine. Really pretty horrible. And so when I, when I read, when I heard that and read her story, she wrote it to me. Uh, you know, I just got such a heart, you know, for African people, for Ethiopia. And, um, ah, it always happens to me when I do this. And so, um, so we just went. This past year, I just had it in my heart, you know, we found somebody who was working uh, with Ethiopian people. I said, hey, would you be willing to help us with a, with a campaign? And so he was able to set up a campaign. And, you know, we, we used a theme. I, I asked the Lord, give me a theme. And so he gave us Psalm 68, verse 31, where it says, Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands towards God. And so we went, and that's our theme. That's our mission. I said, you know, we didn't come to take over. You know, we, you know, we didn't come to colonize you. We came to join forces with you to help you and your people fulfill prophecy for your nation. We have come to help you stretch out your hands towards God because that's what Ethiopia will do. These people went berserk. <laughs> These people went just, just wild, and the outcome was when it was all said and done, there were about 1,200 people who got born again. How many of you know that's a, that's a good weekend? Right? And so the next day, the, the next day, there was a lady who had asked me a while ago, would you be willing uh, to come to my village and do a gospel campaign? I said, yeah, I'll pray about it. And so the Lord said, yes, go. And what I didn't know is that this village that she is talking about is her village, but it's, she's the only Christian in a Muslim village. Right? And so we went. And uh, so when we got there, actually, we were the first white people they had ever seen. It's five hours away from Addis Ababa. And uh, so we went and just preached a real simple message. Jesus loves you. He has for forgiven you. You don't have to do anything to try to get rid of sin. He has done it for you. All you need to do is by faith embrace him as your Lord. So when we were done, the elders stood up. And um, it was such a beautiful scene. <laughs> the elder stood up. He's talking to, through an interpreter to me, and I'm talking back. You know, it was my David Livingston experience. <laughs> you know, he was standing there, and, uh, you know, I'm standing across from him. So, I, so he told me, he said this, I will receive your Jesus. He said, as a matter of fact, all these elders, and there were about ten of them, will receive your Jesus. He said, 
Um, as a matter of fact, you know, my, my, my village will receive your Jesus if you purchase a vehicle for this Christian lady. Now, she's the only Christian lady, but, she, but he said this about her. Even though we have persecuted her, we do realize that the blessing comes to us be, because of her. So if you purchase a vehicle for her, for her school and for different kind of things, then we as a village will receive your Jesus. So I shook his hand. I said, well, let's make that deal quick <laughs> before you change your mind. And so, uh, so he didn't want to just shake hands on it. I had to kiss his hands, and he kissed mine. We're making a covenant. So, you know, so we made a covenant for him to purchase a vehicle. So we raised the money for it. We have a good man uh, in Ethiopia by the name of uh, Larry Brown, and he's putting it all into motion. A couple of weeks ago, you probably know him, right? Yeah, so Larry uh, messaged me, me back, and he said he went back to the village, you know, where we were, and he told the, the elders that we have raised the money for it. They were thrilled because they didn't think we would do that. But, you know, they were thrilled that we had raised the money. All they got to do is now, you know, get the right vehicle that would work best for them. And so, so far, he said, four out of the ten elders, you know, they came up to him. They accepted the Lord right there. And they got filled with the Holy Ghost right there. Amen. So there's four out of ten. Amen. That's a good start, you know. But that's, that's a way for a whole village to open up. So God is moving, right? But it all began. Now, how, how did it start? If I look back, it's all gone back to that one time that I just prayed something out, right? So God will speak to you because he's on the inside of you. But he will also speak through you. So the more you put those investments, those gifts that he has given to you, beginning with tongues, the more you put that into practice, the more you are dealing with the wisdom of God and spiritual un understanding. It supersedes what you know in the natural realm. See, in the, in the natural realm, I would have never been able to figure this out. I would not have been able to orchestrate me meeting all of these people. I would have put my own ideas to it. I, maybe I should meet over here, over, maybe I should go over there and meet that person because I think that person might be able to put something in me that I don't have. See, you can come up with these ideas, but why don't we let God do it? Amen. Be filled with the knowledge of the Word of God, which is the will of God. That's our final authority. We're not, not going to mess with that. But then there are different ways, different methods that God wants to perform His will in your life, and that requires our uh, par participation with the Holy Spirit by working with Him, using His, using Him, or let Him use us by giving Him access to our vocal cords. You know, let Him speak through you with other tongues. Amen. I believe that's just such an important factor that we have sometimes maybe not really thought about as very important. But the more you do it, right? The more you do it, the more you see, man, my goodness, things are opening up. There's pathways created. There's doors that open that you cannot open for yourself. Amen. I just trust. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, 
please visit our website at bramer.org.au.